Welcome to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. My name is Ebony May. In this podcast, we discuss how you can achieve real health. I share my own experiences and interview some pretty amazing people. Three years ago, I was stuck in a vicious cycle of hating my body, bad dieting and having nowhere to turn. There is no one size fits all approach when it comes to health. So let's find what works for you. My passion and purpose in life is inspiring girls to feel good in and about their bodies. Now, if you're ready for some real talk, sit back and enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 9 of the podcast. This is an interview with my friend Vanda and her adorable son Isaac. Vanda is a personal trainer who has a unique and refreshing view on health. She's created amazing programs which she discusses within the episode. Vanda was my personal trainer when I was 18 years old at the start of my fitness journey. She's been a true inspiration to me and was one of the reasons I got certified in fitness. Vanda and I talk all things fitness, so where to start, pre and post workout nutrition and a bunch of other topics. As always, this podcast is strictly for informational purposes only, so before making any changes, please consult your GP. I had so much fun doing this interview and I really hope you enjoy listening to it. Without further ado, here is my interview with Vanda. Welcome back to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. This is episode nine and I'm here with Vanda. Vanda, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I mean, you're, we're at your house, so thank you for having me. Um, do you want to give the listeners a little bit of an intro about who you are and like talk about a little bit about your backstory and like how you are where you yeah, are now? Yeah, sure. So my name is Vanda and I'm accompanied here by Isaac, my 11-month-old, so that's also the noise you'll hear in the background. Um, so I started my fitness journey, uh, I got qualified when I was 23 or 24, 24. And I've always been interested in fitness and health and decided why not make it my career. So I started doing that, <laughs> um, did a lot of fitness at people's homes, personal training, and then decided to work on cruise ships. So I got the opportunity to work for celebrity cruises and that was amazing um, to do because I could work with people from all over the world, from America to Russia. And it was great um, to expand my experience. And then I have spent the last few years working in a gym as a full-time health and wellness specialist. And yeah, so I've been able to do that and run some six-week programs called Retrain the Brain. And that's been amazing because I've been able to work with those clients as well, continuing on. So that's me. <laughs> so yeah, and that's how we met as well. So I th- it was like three years ago now because I was yeah. 18. Oh my God. <laughs> and I also did Retrain the Brain. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like yeah. what's the reasoning behind that? So I started the idea back in 2015 and I put an idea together of how we would make a four to six week program to start with and I decided after watching the sugar film that I thought that was a really good idea to teach people about the knowledge of eating and how sugar can affect us. I'm not against sugar but I think that it was a really great way to see how it can affect the body so I started rolling off with that idea and then I started with group fitness um, in that four week program and we focused on three main things so in my opinion mindset is the most important to begin with because you need to start with that and then adding good nutrition and then adding exercise as well so I think all those Mm -hmm. three components were really important and from then it's kind of rolled on and I'm up to my seventh um, retrain the brain so I've done six as retrain and one as v-train so (laughs) yeah so good 
So it's getting to the end of the year, which means like New Year's just around the corner. So a lot of people are going to be starting their like health kick for New Year's. <laughs> what is your best advice do you think for somebody starting off on their fitness journey? Honestly, uh, simple. Keep it simple. I think that it depends on your personality type, but I find that most of the time if you try and change everything at once such as nutrition your exercise too much expectation on yourself then i think if you're going too fast too hard you sometimes can find yourself being overwhelmed and not following through so best opinion would be start with one thing whether it's nutrition or exercise but don't combine both until you're ready so yeah i think that it's really important just to start simple um and if you need to be locked into something choose a program that works for you and stay true to it and remember that if you have a bad day you can always start the next day yeah perfect so in the industry i guess that we're both well i'm going into and that you've been in for a while what's the biggest misconception do you think in this industry that people have Biggest misconception. I think that um, unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're looking at a Victoria's Secret model, let's be honest, it's definitely a body type. <laughs> um, I think that you need to be true to your own body type and your own figure, your own um, health history, your genetics. It all plays a role. So, I think it's really important to remember that you need to pick what's important to you. And I heard something the other day. It was really important. Oh, they had a client that came in and said, I want to be 55 kilos like I was when I was 21. And the client, the person, for example, myself would say, well, was that, when was that? And they say, oh, 10 years ago. So one, your metabolism is slowing down as you get older. Mm -hmm. And so your eating habits and exercise has to change to accommodate. Um, but also the other question was at 55 kilos, were you happy then with your body? And generally they will say no. And they'll look back and go, I look back and think I look great. But when I was in that time, I remember thinking I could have looked better. So ask yourself, what's the realistic um, change that you need to make? So yeah, that's just mm. something I thought was really important to remember. Yeah, yeah. no, that definitely is. I definitely relate to that Like, because after going to college, I put on a little bit of weight and I just like wasn't fit. And I would look back at photos and I was like, oh my God, I looked so much better back yeah. then. But I remember Hate when I was feeling. there, I was like, I'm not even halfway there. Like I want abs showing and all this stuff. So I think it's really important to like detach from the um, appearance and mm. sort of dig deep and like realize like, why do you really want it? Like what do you really want? Yeah, I think that's really important to remember when you're why what reasons are you doing it for is it for yourself is it for someone else and um also what's your knowledge as well i think knowledge is another thing i learned working um with a lot of the like with celebrity cruises um some people would say to me i eat really well i have hot chips and that to them because it was a potato it was a vegetable so it was healthy and that's kind of to them that was their knowledge and you can't really judge people for that when they don't understand that just because it's a vegetable that it may or may not be the best option yeah. so yeah i think it's also knowledge is power but it's also what you do with that knowledge that gets you to where you need to go and ask for help mm. don't be afraid to ask for help always so. and you don't know what you don't know like we're yeah. often not taught about nutrition i mean to a certain extent we are like mm. in the basic food pyramid and stuff but if but even that's been you know misconstrued now people are like yeah. oh wait is that right and <laughs> so there's a lot of talk about is that the right way to eat and yeah so. well there's just so many like conflicting ideologies about like in this industry mm. if you could put one thing um like one program or one book or something into a school what would that be oh well what would i do 
Honestly, I really enjoyed the sugar film. I know that it's had some ups and downs and some a lot of people having their opinions. Uh, I don't think sugar is the enemy. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really great way to understand it as a holistic approach. So yeah, but with health and wellness, I also believe that it's just common sense sometimes, even though it's not so common, is vegetables and fruit and eating um, lots of colors and all that. So I think that just don't overeat either. Yeah. Which is another big problem. <laughs> How important do you think it is to, I, like I know a lot of my friends, they hate going to the gym and they dread it. So yeah. they do it for a few weeks and then they stop doing it. How important do you think it is to enjoy your workouts and do you have any tips for, I don't know, finding the right workout for you? Yes. So I find that happens a lot. You get motivated, you, you go to the gym, you last a couple of weeks. But I have said to people, clients of mine, that I don't care if you get to the gym. If you need a place to work out, join the gym. If you can't do it at home and you need a mental, mentally you need to go somewhere, then go to a park go to your backyard, go to a gym, but somewhere away from your home or your area. And my biggest thing I've always said is, I don't care if you come to the gym and you do five minutes on a treadmill and leave. Do that three times a week. Next week it'll be 10 minutes. Next week it'll be 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it's the habit. The habit's the thing that you need to create first before you actually really should be focusing on everything else. Because once the habit's in place, it's easier. It's um, more manageable so you can start working out and changing your workout say every six to eight weeks and focusing there but create the habit first yeah definitely do you want to talk a little bit about like your sort of fitness philosophy like how you know you can you know you don't necessarily need a gym i remember on your like little um description with the personal trainers when i was like choosing who i wanted to have as my pt you were like you don't need a gym like anywhere any outdoor setting can be a gym yeah talk about that yeah i'm sure um so i think that also your body weight is your best asset Mm -hmm. so uh, you don't need fancy equipment, you don't need massive weights, you don't need anything like that. And it depends on your goal. If you want to be a bodybuilder, clearly you need to have the right equipment. But mm. if you just want to get healthier, um, fitter and feel better, just you can literally have a mat space, like a yoga mat space, and you can do push-ups, you can do squats and lunges and um, tricep push-ups and all those kind of exercises. But it's also how you do them. So instead of just, you know, doing them and half doing them, do them properly. Put a time limit in, make a circuit and do it so your heart rate's being challenged as well. So Mm -hmm. it's fine to sit there and do 10 push-ups, have a minute rest and chill out and then do, you know, some squats. But you want to be like doing it like HIIT training. So just back to back, getting that heart rate up, getting a bit of a sweat up. Um, so that you're also working on those the metabolism as well. So yeah, yeah I think any gym's of office. I mean, any gym is um, in your home. It can be on a chair, depending on your fitness capabilities. So yeah, mm. I think that's important too because some people I think find that going to an actual gym so so daunting. Whereas like you can get started and like work your way up yeah. from home. Mm. I honestly believe gyms are scary. Like I think they're amazing and I work in them, but even when you walk into a new place it's daunting because you don't know the people you're not sure of the area you feel a bit like i bet anyone listening to this podcast will remember a time where they've gone to either a new group fitness class that they've never been to before or a new gym and they're doing an exercise and you feel like every single person is staring at you Mm. not that they are but every single person 
So, I mean, for example, I um, use this to explain to clients that don't feel like your eyes, everyone's got their eyes on you because we had a gym that was completely packed. Like it was busy, it was like after work hours, so <laughs> there was not a piece of equipment free. There were people on the floor. I had a client that was training and, um, you know, I did notice she was starting to get a little bit puffed during one of our cardio challenges and I said to her, okay, you need to just calm, like slow down and just have a sip of water and take a deep breath. Um, anyway, and so as I've said that and warned her because I thought she was about to pass out, she did, she passed out. So here she is laying on the floor and luckily as a trained personal trainer and um, CPR, you know what to do. So I was just very calm. But in a gym that was packed and a client's laying on the floor, passed out, not one person noticed. Yeah. Not one. And it wasn't until um, she actually came to when I had the bucket pouring case that, um, that somebody actually came over and asked if she was okay. And she was. Uh, but yeah, that's just an example for you to realize that if you're at the gym and you're scared or you feel like everyone's watching you, do not be. And if you ask for help, I bet anybody would be happy to explain mm. how to use a piece of equipment. So yeah, not that I make all my clients pass out, but <laughs> it was just a cardio challenge that we did and she didn't listen to me when I told her to slow down. <laughs> and I feel like we don't think about logic when we think that. Like I do that as well, even though like I've just finished my personal training, like I know my way around a gym, but I still get like... Like sort of daunted about it yeah and i'll be like doing a workout and i'm like just cutting sick and i'm like oh my god i bet people are looking at me and then i'm like wait who am i looking at no one because i'm like focused on like doing what i'm doing so why do i think that like why am i just like up myself like <laughs> why do people are looking at me like no, obviously not like everyone's there like doing the same thing yeah, thinking the same thing too everyone's so, trying to get the same goal they're all trying to better themselves um, so yeah, I think it is funny that you literally are sitting there going, no one's looking at me and I'm not looking at anyone, yet you still feel like everyone's staring. It's, yeah. It's just, it's weird, but it does happen. You do feel that way, but be assured <laughs> that, yeah, sometimes yeah, no one actually is aware of anything else <laughs> but their own workout. So. <laughs> so you live a, like, a really nice, balanced, like, healthy life in regards to nutrition and exercise yeah. and mindset. Um how do you stay motivated and how are you disciplined, especially after having a baby and like losing the baby weight? Like, how have you done that? What drives you? Honestly, I think balance. I mean, I'm not going to be here and be like work-life balance because it is hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes to my own health, I am a believer in everything in moderation. Uh, I don't think you should have a life of no, uh, you know, nights out or you know, having a drink with a friend or not having that dessert because you're on a diet. I don't believe in diets. I believe in healthy eating and working out what works for you. Mm -hmm. So for myself, I still have a glass of red wine. I still have some chocolate, uh, but I very rarely would be seen having like takeaway or things like that. So mm -hmm. to me, I would rather a big bowl of like steamed green veggies with soy sauce than um, some KFC. Mm -hmm. It's like... Uh, yeah, so that's just me. And with motherhood, it's definitely changed my perception of fitness because mm -hmm. uh, I've gone from not understanding what it's like to be a mum and the changing of your body and then the late nights, you know, when now when I see a mum get up and go to a group fitness class at six in the morning, I'm just like, well done. Because <laughs> no, they've probably been woken up four or five times that night and they're still there and they're still working it out. Um, but with my actual losing the baby weight, 
honestly, breastfeeding is um, a really great help for calorie burn. So mm. I think I researched three to 300 to 500 calories you burn on a daily basis while you're breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. That helped a lot. And also I didn't put pressure on myself. So yeah. from, from the day he was born to 12 weeks, I had no pressure on exercise. I am a big believer in letting the body repair. I walked every day. I think I did my first body balance class four weeks post. Uh, so I did not yeah, stress out areas in my body that needed time to heal. But as soon as I hit 12 weeks, I tried you know, a pump class with lower weights and I eased my way back in. I'm back to baby, like pre-baby weight and I'm actually probably a kilo lighter than what I was before I was pregnant. And I think a good gut health is yeah, really important, which has been a huge thing now in the health industry. And yeah. even the midwives are talking about probiotics, which is really nice to see and promoting it. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I've got some quick cues. So what is your favorite post-workout meal? Post-workout meal. Yeah. It depends. If it's like, I love sweet potato. Mm-hmm. I love like, yeah, like um, roasted sweet potato with garlic and paprika and all that. So that's yeah, nice. something I love to have. And chicken. Um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite post kind of carby meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and other things that I love to have is like bananas, of course, for potassium and all that. So I find bananas really good for you. But yeah, nuts. But generally sweet potato. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite and least favorite exercise? Favorite and least favorite. All right, so tricep push-ups. I find them really challenging. Yeah, um, they're literally they're hard. Yeah. <laughs> like I do them because you like you get them done. You're like that feels great. It's like a hit class. It's like grit if you've done grit with Les Mills, and I'm a grit instructor, I'm qualified grit instructor, and I do that. And that was probably my first class of HIIT training since having Isaac when I had to start taking, like teaching again. And the, the HIIT training where you grit your teeth, you do it, you love it and hate it, um, and you fight yourself the whole time, like going to the class. But when you leave, there is no better feeling than mm-hmm. thinking, oh my God, I could have just not done it. And it was a half an hour class and it's That's done. what I love about grit. Like it's half an hour. So yeah. you sort of, once you get there, like you don't have time during it to think. Mm. Like sometimes in a step class, I'm like, mm, if I'm not really feeling, I'm like, oh, how long is left? Oh, 40 yeah. minutes, 20 minutes. But Feels like, like forever. It's like you're so busy the whole time. Yeah, like, you've got no time. time. <laughs> I love grit. If you've not tried grit and you haven't got like really bad knees or hips or things and you yeah. can jump um definitely give it a go <laughs> nice um do you work out fasted or do you eat like what's your opinion actually on that? there was a few different like now with the food and nutrition i went to phylex a couple of years back and that was really interesting because i went to a lot of the nutritional seminars with doctors from the states and all around the world and obviously fasting's a thing at the moment and all the different diets and everything was quite um confusing because there's no real answer so it's i find that what works for your body do it but make sure you're eating for nutrition rather than for satisfaction but when i'm talking about um the fasting they used to say a few years back that women especially working out on empty stomach goes through stored fat yeah. Um, but then the other question was, is if you haven't had food before your workout, at least an hour before, then do you have the energy to do the workout that you could have done with energy? Yeah. You know, with the extra, the food that you've eaten. So it was hard. Personally, I would rather get up and have, my thing used to be, 
I have to agree. <laughs> um, I used to always have a handful of Brazil nuts before going to a 6am class. Yeah. So I wouldn't eat breakfast. I'd have a handful of Brazil nuts and I'd go to the class and I would, my post-morning workout favourite meal would probably just be eggs. So yeah. eggs and sprouted bread if you haven't tried sprouted bread. It um, looks like a brick and it feels like a brick, but it's really good. So research, um, if you're listening, reach, research um, sprouted grains. It's delicious. <laughs> I'll try that. Yeah. What do you think is the most underrated vegetable? Underrated vegetable? Mine's bok choy. Bok choy. Yeah, yeah, I like bok choy. That's really good. That's just as nutritionally dense as kale. Is it really? You know how bok kale choy. is like... Yeah, it's like kale, kale. kale. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Well, mine... I love zucchini. I think that's oh, really I'm good. I'm so about zucchini. Yeah, zucchinis are made, like so good for you as well. And there's the other. There's another one that I absolutely love. Um, oh, wing cauliflower is always good. But yeah, I think that potatoes like it's got good nutrients in it and stuff. But yeah, you could definitely go better with a different vegetable such as um, like bok choy, kale, anything green and leafy. Uh, what's the other one? I think like asparagus. All those green vegetables are mm. fantastic. I did listen. Like a friend of mine who's a naturopath said, it's interesting because carrots are really good and they're advertised to have a certain vitamin um, content. But she was saying that the vitamin doesn't actually release or get metabolized by the body unless it's combined with a fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was yeah. saying that food combining is also really important. Um, yeah. So like a little bit of fat, like olive oil with a carrot can make such a difference for the body yeah. than just having a carrot straight. So that was another thing I found interesting was yeah. the food combining. So that's, yeah. Yeah. That's something I found super interesting, like at uni, because I know you just don't think about that. No. Like, like how sometimes you can eat two things that sort of counteract each other. Like they can yep. eat for like... Um, the same site so that's super super interesting is there anything else you want to touch on or um, talk about honestly i think that the most important if in a nutshell mm-hmm. as a trainer who's run the programs for retrain the brain and or v train the brain because my name is vanda so we put a bit of a thing there <laughs> is the three categories which is very common now mindset nutrition and exercise mm-hmm. so if i can just finish saying that choose a program that suits you choose a trainer that suits you and stick with it for that six weeks, four weeks, 12 weeks, eight weeks, whatever it might be, and get the habit in place. But start with your mindset and write down why you're doing it. You know, is it for yourself? Um, Move on to nutrition, do a little bit of research, start with one thing. Like I don't recommend changing everything. It could just be simply do not have chocolate after dinner time. So my thing I used to do was because I wanted something sweet after dinner. You know how you have that craving? Mm, uh, yeah, oh, always. Always. You always just want that biscuit or just it's a habit. Everything's mm. a habit. And I used to have a cup of tea with milk that was like a sweeter tea. So for example, they have the almond Italian tea, I think, somewhere in the supermarket. And it was like a sweeter tea with milk and it tasted like having a sweet. So it kind of helped the craving reduce it wasn't perfect but after about two weeks i give it two weeks and you will not have those cravings anymore and once you pick one thing and stick with that add a new thing and then work from there and the exercise as a third as the third thing because exercise is something that's yeah it's there's many ways to do it not just one way yeah yeah exactly i said that too like when i talk about real health i say there's like three pillars so like self-love self-respect feeling mm-hmm. your body and moving your body and they all affect each other so if you go like gung-ho and like say that you're gonna like do like exercise like heaps but 
you're still like you know you're not completely like like good within yourself then you're not going to want to do those other things so exactly. i love that you've said that because it's so important not to just isolate them like you have to see the whole picture mm-hmm. exactly and uh, yeah i think with exercise too um you've got to exercise smart because a lot of people who do have injuries will go and do these programs and be like no i can do this and then they injure themselves and they step they set themselves back even further so yeah it's also really important to be honest in your body and say to whoever your trainer is this is my limitation be open and honest don't feel like you've got to push through it because that pushing through could cause an injury that could set you back yeah um but there's a, the other advice i would give that i would say as well is if you do have an injury don't try and over like use that area of the body rest it and focus on nutrition if you can't get up and walk everywhere or be physical then the next thing is nutrition you need to eat um foods that are more energy dense that aren't um heavy in carbohydrates you know at night time don't have your heavy carbohydrates um one other thing that i find really interesting too is some people that can't sleep very well and they wake up feeling groggy it could also be as simple as having a heavy dense carbohydrate meal at night time so instead of the body sleeping to repair um the day's work your body actually spends the whole night digesting food and then not repairing so you feel um like sluggish um like a food hangover yeah and yeah. yeah you don't sleep so well so if you actually try eating a lighter meal at night time it's amazing to see your sleep patterns change and your body waking up feeling refreshed rather than groggy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another really important Oh, that's thing. a big thing that I notice all the time because my friends make fun of me. I have dinner at like, <laughs> at like 5.36 because I know that like, I feel so disgusting if I eat too late at night. It's just keeping an um, idea of what's best for you. What do you find, now I'm asking you questions, <laughs> what would you find your, being your best way of eating? Like what's your favourite food to eat or what do you consider a healthy diet? Like, I have to mix up the time. I feel like I have like food that I really rely on mm-hmm. but I mix it up. So like I might have like a certain amount of foods and like sometimes I'll venture out but like I'm pretty like safe but yeah. then I always mix them up. So I love having like, you know, a little buckwheat pasta and like I love basil yeah. and olive oil. And, and then like- you've got more nutrition in there too because mm. you could have wheat once again it's not bad it's just the way it's processed mm. sometimes so yeah yeah it's still got its nutrients on the when it's grown but then it's you know processed to having lower um nutrient content but yeah so buckwheat pasta is great like so mm. you're eating still a carbohydrate based meal but it's a healthier option so yeah, yeah. I, I like a lot of fish like barramundi tuna i like i love avocado like oh, just real foods so like <laughs> when i when i get overwhelmed and i think i haven't been eating very well i just like chill out and i just think okay i'm only gonna buy actual foods yeah like if it comes in like a packet or if it's like and like it just eliminating sources and stuff like that like one of my favorite things is like doing zucchini pasta i love and the then, spiral spaghetti yeah, that one. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then just like um food processing tomatoes putting some olive oil and like oregano and basil and stuff and that's so that's like such a delicious meal but it's all real food yes. you're not going and like just getting like normal pasta and then like um like this canned sauce like because you don't no. know what's in them Exactly, and also it's the other thing to say um, to remind yourself of too, if you're listening out there, is <laughs> the fats. Mm. Like, don't be scared of fats. Yeah. So yeah, I like olive oil. Have it. Like my nonna had like cold olive oil every single day, 
And she always had a, um, she was always healthy. Her skin was always really youthful. And yeah, olive oils, I think, are great things to have on part. Or like zucchini thing. Like I used to have like just the spiral zucchini pasta blanched with some olive oil, salt, Mm. pepper. Um, Yeah, so things like that. Olive oil brings out the nutrients sometimes of like other foods. Like tomatoes, like if you're going to like process a tomato, you have more, you get more nutrients than if you have like um, just sliced tomato. Mm -hmm. If you add olive oil to that and then simmer it, you're getting way more nutrients. So, you know, like lycopene, so that's really good for like um, prevention of like prostate cancers and stuff like that. Like it's so interesting, but like I think there's just this like conception out there like, you know, olive oil is bad or oil is bad. Mm. I'm not saying go and have lots of deep fried food, but <laughs> having olive oil, like, you know, like even like, oh, I, like my guilty pleasure is like having some bread with like olive oil and like salt or pepper. Yes, or balsamic like or, yes. And that's like my, like, I'm Italian. I love all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just keeping it simple, like having real food. Because I think it's easy to get overwhelmed and think, I need to buy this and this and this and this and this. It's like you don't like you no. don't need to go get this like bodybuilder protein, which is full of crap. Uh, no, exactly. And like we're just um, talking before we started recording was the pre workout powders. Mm-hmm. Like I, I agree that you know some people need it for say bodybuilding competitions, um, high intensity training, like high intensity training. Whereas if you want to start, one thing I just really think is important to remember is if you want to start a fitness regime, don't get caught up in programs of like meal replacements. Because mm. you should just eat well and just don't yeah. eat too much. And think about it. Is it in a packet? Where did I get it in the supermarket? Was it in the fresh food section? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's things like that that I find really frustrating is you can't live on shakes the rest of your life. Yeah. Nutritionally, the body, like, I think another thing I watched or listened to once was talking about the way the body processes food, that if you keep having things highly processed, the body doesn't have to work to break it down which then mm. is less calorie as well it takes calories and energy to you know break down food so if you're eating everything processed then what what job has the body got to do to break it yeah. down so and then when you suddenly do have like some actual vegetables that require you to use your yes. digestive system you get like constipated and like you yeah. don't, your, body, your body can't do it it's true another thing too is if you're worried about your health and you're finding it's hard to shift weight Go see a naturopath. Go mm. get them to check what is best for you. So, yeah, get them to write your program maybe rather than actually taking the next fad, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. another really interesting thing too, like, that your body – like, our bodies are so amazing. Like, you'll still be hungry if you haven't had the right amount of nutrients. Because yeah. I see back in, like, the caveman days, like, if you could only get your hands on one food and you were going to be sick because you didn't have enough carbohydrates or something, obviously you would crave more food. Mm. So you're instinctively going to go and eat more food. Yeah. But if you only have in your house this crap food, <laughs> you're just going to keep eating Just keep eating food. so you're never satisfied. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Although, don't get me wrong, I also am a believer that – if it takes you to do a program that's with shakes, like for example, um, out there there's a lot of like different programs that do, do like meal replacements and you know cleanses. Mm-hmm. If putting your faith in that gets your results because you, you're someone that just needs that help and that little push, do it. Yeah. And if it gets you into a habit, I mean, and it works for you and you get results, I think fabulous. I think that's fantastic. And I'm not against that. I'd rather someone do that than give up and just yeah. not eat well. And by doing that, if it makes a habit then and learning more about nutrition, and then eventually, hopefully, you can rely on your own knowledge and um, 
hopefully time to be able to prepare your own meals yeah so yeah i'm not saying they're terrible but i am saying i think that they're good for mm. some people if i mean i think that. it's something is the case of something's better than nothing in the terms yeah. of like like you said like with fitness like going you know go three times a week and run on the treadmill for 10 minutes yeah it's better than being like well if that's all i can do i'm not going to do it well it's better than not doing anything at all like well, yeah exactly couch, like and eventually the habits there and you kind of start to say oh i should be at the gym right now and yeah. then eventually you start to enjoy it and mm. it's also another thing that i find very common with clients is it's really hard to stay motivated when you don't get results straight away because mm. a lot of people just expect results like within the first week but realistically it takes you know you can feel better of course for the first four to six weeks but really it's not till the eight or ninth week that you mm -hmm. start to feel physical changes or see yeah. physical changes and that's if you're doing at least a few sessions a week and you're you're hitting that fat burning stage as well yeah. um so that's another thing to remember is don't give up before the four six eight week mark eight week especially mm -hmm. stick it out and do it start somewhere find a program that you love and then you just don't know where it'll take you. Like, yeah. you just don't know. So It I, truly changes your life and the way that you live your life too. And mm. like, you don't want to go back to not doing those things because they make you feel so good. Yeah, yeah. it's that feeling of endorphins that you get, like mm. that natural happy release that you find from fitness that I don't think you can really find from much else. Because yeah. what else can you do that gives you those good endorphins and also you're finding that your body's changing shape like yeah yeah so getting fitter healthier mm. so and especially if you've got kids it's important to show them as a good example how to be yeah so yeah 100%. <laughs> I think in terms of like things don't happen overnight as well it's important to like think about how long you were treating your body not so well as well. Mm. Like if you're, say if you're like 25 years old and you've not been eating very well and you don't really ever exercise, you can't go to the gym for one week and then expect to like, you know, for everything to change. Like no. obviously, like you said, it'll slowly change, but expectations I think can sometimes break people's um, whole fitness journey yes. because they think, oh, well this sucks. Like I can't even see any difference. And progress photos are a big thing too because sometimes you look in the mirror and you're like, I look the exact same. But then you, I always make people look back and I'm like, look, no, look at this. Like you don't look the exact same. Like other people can sometimes tell and like you get in your head about it because you see yourself so much. Mm -hmm. But if you look back, you're like, oh. And it's so important to do progress photos because I mean, I guarantee anyone that walks into that office in a gym for their first consultation, they're not walking in the like, a high percentage of them aren't going in being like, I feel amazing. I want to go and do a workout. Give me my program, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and when I say, do you want to do a photo? Oh yeah, let's, let's do a photo. Let's see. Like you just, yeah. you're trying to not remember how you look. Do you know what I mean? Some yeah. people who want to go in and they want to get their program, but it's really important to take that photo for accountability and, mm. and look in the mirror and take a photo. Even if it's at home, like I had a, a lot of my clients, I would say, if you're not comfortable, I will um, give you your little job this week, and that is to take one photo of yourself and put it somewhere on your phone that you will not lose. And um, doing those progress photos, because like you said, you feel like you haven't changed. Mm. But you look in that mirror and you take that photo and you literally will see it. As long mm. as you've been consistent, because consistency is so important. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good. So I would definitely recommend find a program that works for you if you're needing something. Um, then once you find the program, stick to it, finish it, give yourself that goal, but always start with that progress photo at the start. And if you don't wanna do any during, that's fine, but the progress photo at the end, so you can actually see 
what you've done and write mm. things down. Yeah. Don't be afraid to write. Like I am a big believer still in writing. A lot of the time when I think about evolving, retrain the brain, like do we go to giving everyone USB sticks and, you know, apps on their phone and things like that. But part of me doesn't want to do that because I love handing all of my clients in these programs booklets because they can sit there and they can read through it like the booklet has nutritional content in there it's got workouts to do at home in the gym in there it's got tips um that i've also um you know provided on the pages with a naturopath so my friend amy the naturopath she's sat down with me we've gone through all my material and and she's also helped um with some great advice and so I think that having a piece of paper that writes down your goals, what you're doing it for, and keeping yourself accountable is way... <laughs> you're doing a downward dog over there, mate? <laughs> um, I think that writing things down is way better than just sitting on a phone on Samsung Notes and putting a little note in your phone. Do you yeah. agree? Yeah, like, 100%. Yeah. I mean, if, you've, if you, after a workout session, you're like, oh, I feel so good, like I'm so proud of myself, yes. and then it's the morning, you're like, I don't want to go to the gym. You look back and you're like, yes, I want to do that again. Like, I yeah, I yeah, I think that's really good to do. Write everything down. Write and I, down goals mm. and stuff like that because that actually resonates with you more. Like you're on your phone typing mindlessly like all day. Yeah, and so it's not having got the same and, yeah. power, I don't think. Oh, no way. Yeah, so well, with Retrain, the very as you remember, the very first session, it isn't let's go and sweat our guts out in a group session like doing mm. circuits or boxing or whatever. We can do that any day of the week. So what I do with the first session it's more important to sit down as a group and be accountable and write that page out write what your goal is write why it's important to you write um you know how are you going to achieve it short term and long term what is your short term goal in comparison to your long term goal so a lot of people just want to lose weight really fast but how is that long term so you know let the weight come off gradually so that those habits keep it going for long term mm. and yeah so i just think once that mindset's in there and you would remember as the first session everyone's a little nervous yeah I, mean, I don't think i've done one where someone hasn't cried mm. because it's actually emotional to admit why you're there and it starts yeah. to make everything have more value i think you sort mm. of you first sort of be like oh you know i'm here because i just want to lose some weight and stuff and then he's sort of like i don't know it totally like i when i did it people were like they would start with that and then they're like oh well really and they sort of like get deeper and they get deeper yeah. and, and they have like, oh i didn't realize this is why i'm doing it but subconsciously, exactly. subconsciously. I, I reached out for help and this is why yes and then also i've had people that have done that and then by doing that they've motivated their children or then like for example your mom and your sister like that yeah that was amazing to have you guys in the group and it motivated a lot of other people to see that so mm -hmm. to work out as a family i thought was amazing <laughs> yeah. and yeah so with the starting of that and every week having a challenge that i would set and you need to do it because it's got to have priority and you've got to make sure you be are consistent but by the end of the session like you would remember doing measurements at the start. So we did physical measurements. Yeah. We did photos as an option with me, or I could say, you know, do it at home, but make sure you do it. And then by the end of the program, everyone is so much happier and more comfortable and their achievements that are being assessed throughout the program. Cause we do, we do, you know, fitness tests first, third and sixth week. So like the amazing change that happens in just that short time. And by the end of it, everyone's like, you know, measure me in front of everybody. Like let's stand, mm. like, would have you like would you imagine all those ladies in that program standing on those scales in front of everyone at the start 
No way. Yeah. No, there's not a chance. So by the end of it, they're like, I want to go next. I want to weigh myself. You know, yeah. I want to do the measurements. And then we sat there and we all actually managed to see and cheer and let each other know how good we've, um, how good they've gone. I think one lady lost, I think it was nine kilos. Mm. And a great example of nutrition is she couldn't make a lot of the physical sessions and due to some injuries couldn't do a lot of the same exercises as yeah. everyone else, which is also important to have a trainer that can modify. And she was not lost the most weight because I was always making sure her nutrition was getting challenged. Like, what are you doing differently? And just by cutting out certain things, um, her body just responded so well. And it was things like potatoes, breads, yeah. yeah things that were becoming a normal everyday thing and then understanding what could be put in place of it too. So, yeah. yeah. I think also measurements are key because you can, your body like just can just like, you could be the same weight at yeah. the end and your body just like redistributes everything. So you might've lost heaps of fat, you might've gained heaps of muscle. Exactly. So it's to like, don't jump on the scales and be discouraged if nothing's changed. Like take measurements, like where's, like where's your waist at? Like, have you gained stuff like around your biceps? Like mm-hmm. that sort of thing, because definitely weight. Like I know so many of my friends, like, they, they'll start and they'll be doing it for six weeks and they get on the scales, they've gained weight because they haven't ever worked out. So obviously they've gained muscle, but that's enough. But in their mind, they're thinking, anymore. yeah, in their mind, they're like, no, no, I can't gain weight because it's such a bad um, idea of being heavier. But it's like, no, no, look in the mirror, take your photos, do your measurements. Mm-hmm. And you've got to, like, you know, and if um, you could see it, for example, is the weight, like the muscle versus fat in a diagram. So in an actual model, for example, um, you know, a fistful of weight, a kilo of weight of uh, muscle, sorry, is let's say the size of your fist and the density, whereas you see a kilo of fat and it takes up like three times as much room yeah. and it's three times bigger because there's no density to it. So yeah, yeah it's, I mean, eat kangaroo and you'll know what you mean, no offense mm. to the you know, they don't like kangaroo, but it's a great meat, it's lean, but look at the difference of the muscle, like the, the density of the kangaroo meat versus something like pork. Yeah. It's different. Um, yeah. So you've got to remember that, yeah, muscle weighs more than fat. And if you're gaining muscle, you're going to gain weight. And especially if your body type isn't needing that huge weight loss, um, which is another point I'd like to make out is it shouldn't always be about weight loss. Mm. So, I mean, someone, a lot of like in a mixture of retrain programs, I've had someone that's come in a little underweight and wanting to gain that weight. So once again, nutrition is having to be assessed and different. it's going to be different for that person than the person next to them that may be um, um, in the overweight range and needing to lose 30 kilos. Yeah. Um, she's going to need a change in nutritional um, intake as well. So you've got to remember that it's not always about weight loss. And if you fix your health and you see it as gaining wellness, then you're going to find that everything else falls into place. Yeah. So And don't put so much emphasis on weight loss because it's um, a byproduct is weight loss when you eat well and exercise. Mm. So think and about it as gaining self-esteem, gaining yeah. a long, happy life. Like, you know, people ask me, why do you um, exercise and eat well? And it's like, it's not because I want to live longer. It's because I want to live better and mm. less time in hospital when I'm older. Yeah, like, you exactly. know, and have a yeah. full life. And it's so. important to remember skinny doesn't mean healthy. No, the skinny fat yeah. epidemic. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. I remember doing, um, once again on cruise ships, we used to do the, the actual percentage of fat on our machines. 
So one lady who came in looking fit, she was like, she was honestly 55 kilos. She was a little lady. She looked, looking at her like she maybe could have been a runner or something. And putting her on the scales and doing that um, test on your fat versus your muscle, she actually was in the obese range mm. because her muscle mass was so low that she wasn't overweight in a scale sense of um, like weighing in that way, but the actual fat content was higher than it should be because she wasn't fit. She didn't yeah. have that muscle tone. So, and lower muscle tone also means lower metabolism. So, yeah, I found that very interesting. And that is a big problem. Like, kids these days can also look well, but they could be skinny fat. So, mm. yeah. And with the stuff that we're eating, like, the real dangerous fat is, like, those that visceral fat, you know, that yes. coats the organs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you're not going to see that in You someone. don't see it. And you can feel fine. But, yeah, it's um, – I think it's another thing that – that people find hard is the preventative is the best cure because yeah. it's not until someone can be really unwell before they start to really change their habits but yeah. I, you've got to remember it as a preventative cure rather than taking medications for band-aids um mm. for example like a band-aid people cure. don't know how good they can feel though so they're fine yeah that's right a they don't, they ha- good they don't point. even experience the the other mm. side but once they do they think oh my god i I was sick. Like, yeah, just, like you become your normal. Health, no, just because you're not sick doesn't mean you're healthy. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like a lot of people who would, like someone that eats a lot of takeaway, for example, they may not be overweight at all, but mm. they're eating food that's high in fat, um, high in sugar, processed foods, all of that. But that's their normal of feeling good. Like they don't notice it, but it's like yeah. you were saying to me one day, um, you know, I just, I feel horrible. I just know I just need to get a big bowl of vegetables or something and yeah. just eat well. And I just don't feel good. Mm. And I think a lot of people will say in the programs that I didn't realize, like you said, that I was not feeling good. So mm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's that. And once you try, once you figure out what good feels like, it's hard to go back to that old eating habit. Oh isn't yeah. It? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> amazing well thank you so so much i feel like we've touched on so much (laughs) thanks for having Um, me and isaac you're welcome (laughs) yeah last words isaac (laughs) (laughs) that's an amazing thing to wrap up thank you isaac Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked this episode, feel free to go and leave me a podcast review. If you want to hear more from me, then pop over to Instagram and follow me at ebcoatsworth. Thank you so much for listening. And until the next episode, I wish you happiness and real health.